blessed assurance. I want it to sound like a stereo effect in here, all right? First and the last verse. Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I hope you don't mind a little prophecy. I love prophecy. So, we're going to talk about three books tonight. Three books. Book, the book, and the books. The book, the book, the books. The last books is plural. Anyway, take your Bible and turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel in chapter 12. In the book of Daniel, there are many prophecies that are given, especially in relationship to the nation of Israel. And the 490 uh, years, called the 70 weeks of Daniel, and from the time they issued the decree to go back and to rebuild the city, the walls, and so on, it was um, 483 years until the time that Christ was cut off, found in the book of Daniel in chapter 9. So there's a lot of prophecies given, and some are very difficult to understand. So when you get to chapter 12, there's something that's interesting it says here. And I've studied trying to look at it and see whether or not, is this talking about sealing up what Daniel's already revealed? And I thought, well, why would he do that? He's already told us. He had this vision, and he said what it was. He had another vision, told what it was. But then you get to chapter 12, and it talks about this. So look there in verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. Thy people refers to the nation of Israel. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. The book. There's a book. And is it this book that refers to a future time that was sealed? And not the other prophecies before that. Look up here just for a second. When he talks about there's going to be a time of trouble. The time of trouble that we know of is this period of time right here called the seven year tribulation period. It's always good to know where are we in relationship to this period of time. We know where the cross was, so that was 2,000 years ago. This is the time in which we now live from the cross until now. 
So we are in this period of time, and we're real close to what we call the rapture, when Jesus Christ will come in the air and take those who know Christ and capture them out of this world and be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, and caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the time of trouble. What's going to happen here? And the whole book of Revelation is about here and here and here and here. So what was sealed? It's interesting. So I want you to notice here when he says, And everyone that shall be found written in the book. So there is a book. And evidently there's people's names in the book. And then he says in verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So there's this resurrection mentioned all the way back there in the book of Daniel. So we know there's going to be a resurrection. The Bible talks about Jesus Christ was the first fruit. Then he talks about a period of time called the harvest, which was on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, and there was a harvest there. And so there were some three great feasts that the Bible talks about. And then there's four feasts in the fall, which is where we are. So we have these feasts that are mentioned in the scriptures. And then there's one called the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the, the Feast about the Passover. And the Feast of first fruit. So you've got all these feasts that are mentioned in the book of Leviticus in chapter 23. Now here he talks about many in verse 2 of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Now in Proverbs 11.30 it talks about being a tree of life. And we're told that those that are wise are as a tree of life. Those that are wise are soul winners. And then he says here, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So God says there's a book. In this book are names written. And these names, even though the people have already died, their bodies are in the graves. There's going to be a resurrection. And there's going to be some rewards. Because some people have turned many to righteousness. And they're going to shine as the stars for all eternity. You and I haven't got there yet. We can't see what God has out there for us. But just like he talks about the stars, there's many stars as there are grains of sand upon the earth. Good night. You know, there's a lot of grains of sand upon this earth. There's an awful lot of stars out there, too. And God says every star is different in glory. It means that they're, they're all different. I don't know if every grain of sand is. They say this, the snowflakes are like that. I don't know. Fingerprints, you know, they're all different. God is a God of diversity. And when he talks here about this name and brightness... But Daniel had some questions. So he says there in verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Now, 
Is he talking about the book of Daniel? Or is he talking about this book that refers to this time and these people and these names and something that deals with something way in the future? Well, I believe that it's good possibility that is talking about the time of trouble. Because that's where we know everything has to culminate. Because we know that we're going to be taken out. We know that Christ is coming back in power and great glory. His feet will touch upon the Mount of Olives. It will cleave in the mist. So much deals with this little seven-year period of time. So he says there in verse 4, Seal up the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Many of the things before this chapter, you can figure it out a little bit by little bit because of history and things like that. But this book was sealed completely until the time of the end. And he's referring up here to the time of trouble. So that makes me think that what he's going to open hasn't been opened yet. But maybe in our time. But anyway, look what he says there in verse 9. And he says, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. I guess I have an inquiring mind. I'm always curious about something you ain't supposed to see, you ain't supposed to do. <laughs> Don't do that. Why? And you have this curiosity that builds up inside of you, wanting to know what God's talking about. Now take your Bible and turn all the way over there to the book of um, Daniel chapter 5. Daniel and chapter 5. There is a, um, a time here that's very sad. John's virtually in tears. You know, John, the young apostle, that young disciple, that young teenage boy, who leaned on Jesus' breast, and he always referred to himself as that disciple whom Jesus loved. He was talking about himself. But God allowed him to be an old man. Ninety-something years old, and he's on the Isle of Patmos, been exiled because of his testimony. And so as he's on this island, God is able to transport him in the spirit into the realms of heaven. And while he's up there, he gets to see some things, gets to hear some things. So that's why you'll find there's some things that he saw. When they opened the seals, and he saw the first seal. Saw. He saw. And then it talks about the seven trumpets. And there's things that he heard. He heard the sound of the seven trumpets. And because a man has a body, soul, and spirit, God is going to chasten the entire world, all the animals, most going to die, all the trees, all the green grass, the people, the stars, the sun, the moon, everything is affected. And so man himself, even though he's a body, soul, and spirit, there's some things he's going to see, some things he's going to hear, some things he's going to feel, because it refers to his body. He also is going to, because man is a spirit, they are going to worship, in a spiritual sense, a false god. Because, you see, Christ was the true and living God who came into the world, and he was rejected. There's going to be a man come on the scene, and people are going to think, this must be God. 
Because he's going to claim to be God. And the people are going to worship him as God. That's what we have coming down the road. That's why it's going to be the worst period of time the world has ever known. So spiritually, man couldn't get any worse. Can't get any worse. And emotionally, he had no hope in this period of time. Because you see, it's not just a matter that they're not going to have any food. The water is going to be messed up. It's going to turn to blood, the fresh water. Then it talks about there's going to be like a drought where there will be no water whatsoever. And it says that the river Euphrates will be dried up, dried up. Evidently, the sun's going to get too hot, that the earth's going to change on this axis. But the Bible tells us that the earth is going to rock back and forth and shake upon its axis like a drunk man. Something is going to happen in this world. There's never been a time like it before. There'll never be a time like it afterwards. The worst period of time known to man. And that is right ahead of us. We are so close to this worst period of time the Bible talks about. And he talks to Daniel about sealing up this book. Well, there's been people wanting to know, I wonder what's in that book. So you look there in the book of Revelation in chapter 5. Look there in verse 1. John is now in heaven and he sees something. He sees the throne of God. He also can see the Lamb of God, Jesus himself. He says, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. I've often wondered, now, is this the same book that Daniel says that was sealed back then that talked about the time of Jacob's trouble, the time of Israel's problems that is right ahead of us? So he makes the statement here. In verse 2, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Now, wouldn't that break your heart? Yet it says that in the end time, there's going to be this book. is going to be sealed unto the end. And then the book's going to be opened. Well, when this was written back at the time of Christ, under the Roman Empire, John the Apostle lived. Now he's about 90 years old, and God allowed him to write the book of Revelation. And he says that while he's up there, he saw another book. He saw it was sealed, seven seals. He wanted to know what was inside that book. But they said that nobody was able to open the book. Now some people think, and maybe it's true, it's the title deed to the earth. It showed everything that God had a right to do. And you know, where did God get his authority? To do all that he's done. I mean, after all, who does he think he is? Well, he's God. But everything has to be legal. God does everything right. So there's some things that man has not been able to see. And he says, the secret thing belongeth unto the Lord until the time when God wants to reveal them. See, in the Old Testament, God would reveal something. A couple hundred years later, it reveals something else. A couple hundred years later, it reveals something else. Not one man gave all the revelation. But as time went on, 
we got a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. And lo and behold, we came to the conclusion. He's talking about when Christ is coming. Christ is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. And all of prophecy is based upon God fulfilling the promise concerning his son. So this is a very interesting portion of scripture. So he says in verse 5. One of the elders said unto him, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, there's a book, got seven seals on it. I used to try to figure out those seven seals. And, you know, you open up one and this happens. You open up a two and then that happens. Three, and then that supposed to happen. So I'm trying to figure out, because this is the sequence when all these things are going to happen. Then it comes up with seven trumpets. Then it comes after that with seven vials or seven bowls of judgment upon the earth. And by that time, you done gone up to chapter 19. But I looked at it this way. I, I've written several books. They're not, you know, bestsellers. My wife bought one. And um, in my book and in most books... You'll always look at it, and it has a table of contents. Tells you what's in the book. Now, when you go back to the book of Genesis, many people say there's two creations there. And there's only one creation. One tells you what he did, or what he was going to do, and then it tells you how he did it. But there's only one creation. I believe the seven seals is like you open up the book, and there's a, a table of contents. As you open up the page to the table of contents, that's not opening the book. You see, the book is opened when the seals are all open. The book isn't open when you've opened five seals. It's not open if you open six seals. You have to open up seven seals to open up the book. Because the book has seven seals on it. So you have to open up the seal. And I believe those are... In my mind. That's the table of content. It's telling you what's in the book. This isn't all of it. This is only to give you an idea. What's in the book. And you see the only one. That had the right to open this book. Was Jesus Christ. He was the Lord. He was the perfect man. He won victories. And because of who he was. There was nothing to stop him. From having the right to see what's inside of this book. He was given a name which is above every name. And everybody will bow to him. He is the Lord. Look what it says about him. He says here in verse 5. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed to open the book. And to loose the seven seals thereof. That means he prevailed. He has the right to because of victories that he's won. And then it says in verse 6. And I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts. And in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. So there's one on the throne. And then you have this lamb as though he had been slain. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Now he's a lamb. Or is he a lion? See Jesus was the king. 
but he humbled himself as a man, took upon flesh, and became the sin bearer, the lamb that took away the sins of the world. So Jesus Christ, though he's the king of Israel, was the one that paid for the sins of the world. Now, talking about this book, this book, there is a one book, seven seals. So if you look there in chapter 6, he opens up the seals, and it's, to me, in my mind, it's almost like looking at the table of contents. What's in this book? This is what's in the book, but it's not all that's in the book. It just gives you a little taste of what's coming down the road. And as you read all of this, it becomes very interesting. And it seems like by the time you finish opening up the sixth seal, you've already gone through the whole book of Revelation. Well, it's laid out that way. It's telling you what's going to happen in the tribulation period. So you see there in verse 12, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became as blood. Stars of heaven fell into the earth. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind, Heavens depart as a scroll when it is rolled together. Mountains and islands were moved out of their places. Kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captain and the mighty men and every bondman, every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. I wonder what the Lamb mad about. You know what happened to him when he came into the world? And they were supposed to accept him as their king, but they rejected him as the king, and he became a lamb and allowed them to slaughter him. And in doing that, he became the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. But the wrath of the lamb is Jesus taking vengeance upon those who did not believe him. You see, you may not believe that Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be. You are going to believe it one day. The wrath of God abides upon every unbeliever. Now, when he makes these statements down through here and all these things that are going to happen, in verse 17, For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? All of this is going to take place. He's opened up the seals. But when he opens up the seventh seal, that was the last seal, something else begins. So when he opens up the seventh seal, and you'll see that if you'll look over there in chapter 8 and verse 2. See, verse 1 says, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. This is where some people say that there's no women in heaven. Because there's no way that you could keep women silent for a half an hour. Now, I didn't say that. That's what I heard. I, I, I heard that. But it says in verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. We often say, okay, they've opened up the book, but there has to be the blowing of a trumpet at the very beginning, because, you see, that is what calls Israel together. And when it calls Israel together, there's something that has to take place. God says, don't 
hurt anything yet. Don't do anything to anybody yet until he has sealed his servants. See there, look there in chapter 7. And you'll notice that down through here, he talks about this. In verse 1, after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal, the seal, of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice on the four angels, or to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till... We have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. So this is before they blew or loosed the seventh seal. So he's opening up seals and then says there's something else that has to be done. It's like God said, now we're going to seal 144,000 of the children of Israel. 12,000 from 12 tribes. I mentioned this one time. And uh, it didn't seem like it would make too much sense at the time. But I says, you know, there has to be some way of being able to prove what tribe a Jewish man is from. Because they say, well, there's all these, the lost, now they're done intermingled, and after all these years, how would they know who belongs to what tribe? How do they know who's the tribe of Levi, or the tribe of, you know, Ephraim, or the tribe of... You go through all these tribes. How do you know which one that you belong to? But it says there were 12,000 from this tribe, 12,000 from that tribe. So 12 times 12 is 144,000 of the Jewish people. They are Jewish evangelists that are going to be preaching during this period of time. And often wondered, well, what is this seal that God puts upon them? I believe it's probably the same seal he gave to us. Now, let me just show you this real quick. Look there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, this is, this is important now. Don't, don't trust your, your memory. I know you got the Bible committed to memory, but you need to see it anyway. 2 Timothy and chapter 2. Because there's always questions about, you know, how do I know that I'm going to go to heaven if I down the road get to where I'm not sure anymore I'm going to heaven? Does, do I lose my salvation? Once you've been saved, you are always saved. You can't get lost and get saved again. Once you trust Christ as your Savior, the payment He made was for all of your sins, not most of them. Not until you sin again. It was for all of your sins so that there is no sin you can commit that can never send you to hell in the future. They're all paid once and for all. Now, because of that, he says up here in verse 18, talking about several that, you know, overthrow the faith of some. Who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some? Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. And you ought to underline that word seal. The seal is, the Lord knoweth them that are His. The greatest seal I can ever have is, God knows me. That I have believed on Him, I've trusted Him as my Savior. I have been sealed, in Ephesians 1.13, by the Holy Spirit. So I am... I am sealed by the Holy Spirit, 
and I have this seal, God knows that I'm his child. Now that's pretty good foundation. So I've been on that foundation for 52 years. I was saved when I was 18, so for 52 years I've been on that foundation. I have shaken a little bit on the foundation, but the foundation has never shook under me. He means what he says, and it's true. How do I know I'm going to heaven? Because God says I am. It's the only truth that I have. It's the only evidence that I need. He said so. God's Word says so. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.